When do I need a counselor or therapist? Shouldn't I be able to figure this out on my own? A special podcast today on faith, therapy, and how to find help. I'm Natalie Tisdall, a journalist who decided enough is enough. I left a career that looked glamorous to do what I was scared of doing, going out on my own. I'm a married working mom of three. On this podcast, we're going to talk about issues that really matter. Why am I not sleeping? What's up with that diet everyone's talking about? Are my kids falling behind? How do I leave that job and start over? Welcome to the Natalie Tisdall Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. It's Natalie, and I am so glad to have you here, and I'm really excited to bring you another episode of the podcast today. I've been really looking forward to this one. We have a special guest joining us, Deborah Faleda. You might know Deborah as a licensed professional counselor, perhaps as the author of six insightful books on relationships, mental health, and faith. Maybe you've stumbled across her advice on truelovedates.com, the number one faith-based relationship advice blog. She's a beacon of guidance and support for anyone navigating the often very complex world of mental health. Her faith-forward approach is very special. Here's what you can look forward to in our conversation today. Recognizing and addressing our need for help as humans, the changing perspectives on therapy led by the younger generation, the profound impact of integrating faith into therapy and why that's important if you're looking for a therapist. Also understanding the role of medication in managing anxiety and depression and the importance of finding the right help for your unique needs and how to do that. So grab your favorite drink, go on that walk, get into carpool, whatever it is that you do when you listen to podcasts. And let's dive into this enriching conversation together. Remember, if you find this episode helpful, hit that subscribe button and share it with someone who might benefit from our chat. Let's get started today. Debra, thanks so much. I've enjoyed your podcast and your advice for many months now. And so I really appreciate you coming on. I think you are a perfect fit for this podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And I'm, I'm excited to chat with you. Yes. Well, we started, as we often do, we started our hellos. We started talking and I said, wait, 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 we got to record <laughs> because we, we started talking about some really important stuff. So the topic for today in counseling um, and in Christianity and finding that mix for people who they know they need some help. Maybe it's therapy, maybe it's marriage, maybe it's a teenage issue. How do you know where to go to get help? Yeah. Well, first, I think it starts with acknowledging that we need help. And, you know, oftentimes as Christians, it takes a while for us to acknowledge that we need help. And I've definitely seen that to be a trend. Like we wait until things break and mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, time to get help. And I think that in and of itself is problematic. Um, we don't view our physical health in the same way. You know, I, yeah. I just went to the doctor for my annual checkup. I hated every minute of it. You know, going to the OB and doing what you need to do and your mammogram and your checkups. It's like, I, I don't enjoy it, mm -hmm. but I know that I need to do it to function optimally. I take my car in to get an oil change regularly and to get a tune up and to get inspected. Yeah. Not because I want to, who wants to put that in their yeah. schedule for fun but I do it so that I can prevent something bad from happening. I'm prevented, yeah. 
preventative maintenance. Yeah. But we don't view our mental, emotional health in the same way. We just assume that because we're Christians, we're good to go. You know, 3,000 miles plus, like we don't have a limit. We are just going to zoom through life and be fine. And if something breaks, we deal with it. But the problem is once it breaks, it takes so much more effort and time and energy and finances to deal with it after the break. And so I believe that Christians should have eyes wide open of God, what do you want me to work on next? What do you want me to heal? What do you want me to address? What do you want me to pay attention to in my life? What things from my past might be starting to come up Mm. in my present? You know, even if it's small things, relationship, parenting, how we deal with our emotions. So I would just want to start by saying that I think we need to seek help before things break. And I often encourage Christians to set aside the budget and the time for six sessions in a year, ideally. But if, 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 if nothing else, at least have eight sessions over your lifetime, like at least commit to, I'm just going to, to, to go to a counselor and do some work. I'm going to do some preventative maintenance. Maybe you show up and you're like, I'm struggling. I'm having some stressors. Do you have any advice for me? Like, what do I do with what I have? And, and start there um, before yeah. things break. So that's kind of the first thing I just wanted to call out to our attention. That's really, it's great advice. And yet we're all that way. It's like, you don't really pay attention to your health or anything until uh, it got so bad and now I'm desperate. So do you think some of this is generational? I mean, I find with, you know, my parents, grandparents that it's like, oh no, we don't do that. We don't need that. Do you think that our younger generation is more open to counseling, help, therapy, any of this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a cultural component to all of this and that oftentimes we want to stuff our issues. We want to pretend they don't exist. We want to present a a good face. Like I'm, I've got it all together. I'm doing fine. And then when we can't continue that because something is broken, Mm. that's when we finally seek help. But I do think things are changing. I think people are getting help sort of like I was talking about preventative maintenance. I often use the analogy of going to the gym. You don't go to the gym because you're sick. Mm -hmm. You go to the gym to get strong, to build your muscles, to get yourself to the next level of health and strength. And I think that's how we should Mm -hmm. view counseling. I'm not going because I'm sick. I'm going because I want to pursue the next level of healing and health and strength in my life so that I can do more for God, so that I can do more for my family, so I can do more for the kingdom. I want to be optimal strength. And so that's kind of how I view it. And it's exciting that way. It's like, bring it on. What's next? What do I need to work on so that I can succeed in all that God has called me to do so I can do this for the long haul and so that I can continue pouring out to the people that need me the most. It's, It's a way of filling up so that I can continue to pour out. And I do think the culture and the conversation is changing as we begin to shift our perspective about what counseling really is. Let's talk about first the people who know they need help. 
their marriage is struggling, they're having issues with um, someone in the family or mental health issues or addiction or anything like that. How important is it that someone get therapy that is faith-based or is that important? I think it's very important. And I will say I'm biased because I am a faith forward counselor. Jesus is the equation for healing. He is the primary component for healing. And so I, I really believe when you look at health, you have to look at it holistically, heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there's multiple parts to who we are. And so we have to make sure that we are healthy in all of these areas and pursuing health in all of these areas. And so spiritual health is a big part of that. Spiritual health influences the rest, just like mental health influences all the other parts. Everything influences each other. And so we can't just seek mental health without spiritual health. We can't seek emotional health without physical health. They all have to go together. And even when I'm working with a client who is not a Christian, at some point we have to hit those different compartments and at least get some level of assessment on how they're doing spiritually, whatever that means for them. What, where are you at spiritually? Have you considered this area of your life? So for those who are believers, I think it's crucial to be working with a counselor who is Christ-centered, who is Holy Spirit-led and filled. But on the flip side of that, I think sometimes we seek counseling from somebody who's not trained. So somebody who is a spiritual mentor pastor leader, but they don't have the education and the experience to help you deal with trauma, mm. to help you deal with things in your past, to help you uh, regulate your body, your nervous system, to understand the educational component. So, so I, I never want to lean in one way or the other. I feel like they have to go hand in hand. And so that's where it's important to find somebody who is Holy Spirit filled, loves Jesus, but is also trained, educated. Yeah. And we you hear more and more today about some of these really severe issues. And I work with high schoolers now, so I see more anxiety, depression than both of those things than I knew existed. I mean, it, it's so, I don't know if it's buzzword or if it's really something that younger generation and their parents are dealing with. But I bring that up because people will, and I'm curious from your standpoint, how much of their anxiety and depression can be helped with faith if it's they're not seeking the kingdom first or seeking faith first, or if it's physiological or both. It's both. It's usually a little bit of both, and it depends on the level of severity. So if you think about it this way, anxiety and depression are sort of a spectrum. There's mild, there's moderate, and there's severe. And oftentimes we ignore the mild and it turns to moderate. Mm -hmm. And then we ignore the moderate and it turns to severe. So when we're in the, the mild to moderate stage, that's a really good time to assess the health of our thought life, to lean into truth. I talk about the concept of we we we're we're born believing something. Our brains want to to have patterns, ways of thinking, and oftentimes those patterns are influenced more by our trauma 
than they are by God's truth. And, and we've been through hard things. And so, you know, let's say you've been through a terrible traumatic car accident. That's part of your template now. And it's easy for you to go through life believing that something bad is going to happen. Mm. Things are out of my control. This world is dangerous. I could die in an instant. Mm. My children could die in an instant because now trauma becomes the template by which you see the world. And so when we go through trauma, it's hard not to allow that to start informing the way that we think, the, the things that we believe, which then influence how we feel. So, so part of dealing with depression and anxiety is assessing the template and realizing, am I continuing to function out of trauma? Is my body and my mind responding to trauma? Or is it responding to God's truth? And what does that look like? So faith is a huge part of changing our thoughts. In counseling, we call it cognitive behavioral therapy, which means addressing the health of your thought life. But as a faith forward counselor, it's not just about like throwing positive thoughts into the mix. It's about aligning our template with truth. And truth can only be found in God's word. And that's where it's so important. But here's where things shift. When you have been functioning in a trauma template for a long time, your nervous system is activated. It's like everything's dangerous. Everything's scary, overactive, danger, danger, danger. Your body begins to shift. Mm -hmm. It actually shifts your chemical makeup. So soon enough, you find that your good chemicals, the feel-good chemicals of serotonin and dopamine start to get hijacked by the stress chemical of cortisol. And when cortisol is overtaking your body, you better believe you're going to have physiological shifts. You're yeah. not gonna be able to sleep. Your appetite's going to start changing. You're gonna have digestive issues that come up, more headaches, harder time concentrating, apathy, lack of desire, yeah. sadness. And, and it literally begins to change the chemical makeup of your body. So it's not a character issue at that point. It's a chemistry issue that you have yeah. to address. And, and sometimes the chemistry issue happens for no reason other than hormonal changes. For example, a woman who might be in postpartum could have these physiological chemical changes, even though she's not following a trauma template. It's just her body has just yeah. shifted. The hormones are changing. So sometimes it can be solely physical. Sometimes it can be solely cognitive and our thought life is not healthy, but usually it ends up being a little bit of both. Yeah. Yeah. So where then do um, medications come in? I know that's a very complicated answer to give just in one podcast, but yeah. in order to get on the right track, sure, we see medications so common, especially again, I'm working with teenagers. So we, that is so common. Is it a an important component in leveling things enough that you can get to the deeper issues? Well, again, that kind of depends with on where we are on the spectrum of severity. So mm -hmm. for mild to moderate depression and anxiety, you should definitely start with counseling. 100%. Like work with a counselor. See if you can begin to make changes that begin to alter your chemistry. Because mm. thoughts produce proteins. Thoughts produce chemicals. And so when we can take ownership of our thoughts and our feelings, it can begin to 
alter our physiological nature as well. So I always yeah. start with counseling, um, learning how to care for your body, learning how to get your body to baseline, learning how to calm your nervous system. These things are all very important. But when you're at moderate to severe depression and you're already long past that and you're not functioning, you're not sleeping, you're not eating well, or you're overeating, or you're sleeping too much, you have a hard time getting out of bed, it's starting to affect your day-to-day -day life for two weeks or more, then you're in moderate to severe depression, mm -hmm. and you most likely are in need of a medication to get your body back to baseline so that you can start to do that work. Yeah. And so I think medication is a gift from God. I have used it in different seasons of life, different hormonal changes postpartum depression, perinatal depression. I mean, I can't mm. even tell you the amount of time that the Lord has helped me through medication, but it doesn't work as a quick fix. Mm. And it, in, and really it keeps you afloat so that you can do the deeper work. It has to, they have to go hand in hand. Yeah. You can't just take a medication. It's just not, it's not going to reach the issues that I'm hearing you say that you really have to get to. Yeah. It's, 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 it's one component yeah. to the bigger picture of getting healthy. Are you looking for ways to stay energized, healthy, and help your family stay healthy? I've started taking supplements from Seeking Health, and it has changed the game for me. I no longer worry that my family is getting enough of the vitamins we need, and I know the quality of what we're taking is top-notch. I take an immunity support supplement, magnesium, and several others, including electrolytes to stay hydrated. So many people ask me about these supplements that I've made it really easy for you to find right on my website, natalietisdall.com slash favorites. Also, bonus, I have a coupon code to help you save 10% on your order. You will find that coupon code on the website as well. Go to natalietisdall.com slash favorites, click on seeking health. I may earn a small commission if you purchase there, but that's just to help my small business grow the website and the podcast to keep this news and good interviews coming your way. Again, natalietisdall.com slash favorites and click on seeking health. So where should someone start? Is anyone who's hearing this now thinking, you know, I, I don't want to wait, or maybe I am at the place where I need help. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, it's, it's how do I find someone? It's like dating. It's like, you know, for people like, where do I start? What if I don't like this person? I don't want to have to retell my story. Like, where do you advise people to just take that first step? Yeah. Well, I want to start by kind of sharing a little bit about a book that I wrote called, Are You Really Okay? And mm -hmm. this book came out in 2021 and it, it, I had a contract to start writing this book in 2019 before the world turned upside mm -hmm. down. So it was amazing because I really believe that God knew what was around the corner mm -hmm. before any of us knew. But the book, Are You Really Okay? is taking inventory of how you're actually doing emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. When Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart soul, mind, and strength. Heart represents emotional health, mm -hmm. soul, spiritual health, mind, mental health, strength, physical health. So the book is broken up into these four quadrants of health and checkups at the end of each chapter to really help you begin to think through which of these areas do I need help in? 
so that you know where to begin. Like, mm. I guess it's this area. It seems like my assessment is showing mm. me that it's the emotional health that I have neglected. So it, it'll give you a roadmap and kind of open your eyes to help you assess, are you really okay? Yes mm -hmm. or no? And if the answer is no, where do you begin? And I love that so many people have told me they picked it up thinking that the answer was yes, I'm good. And realized as they started reading that, you know what, there's some areas that have been sorely neglected in my life. And so once you get to the point where you can answer that question of, yes, I'm in need of help. Um, the two resources, the two go-to resources that I always recommend, number one, um, Focus on the Family has an incredible database of vetted Christian counselors. You have to go through this long application and interview process to get vetted and put on their list. It's a database they have on their website of licensed counselors. Um, the other new um, venture for me that's about a year and a half old, I started my own network called the Deborah Faleta Counselors Network, which is a team of 20 counselors that work and are trained by me, led by me, and um, they are Holy Spirit-filled, trained Christian counselors. They they have the education, but more importantly, they have a love for the Lord and they want to help people heal. And so um, you can go to debraflata.com slash counseling and find a counselor that matches what, what you're struggling with. Look at their bio, look at their schedule, and they're all online appointments so that you can have a session from the comfort of your home. Once you put the kids to bed, you know, book a, a 9 p.m. session and um, just have help. Have somebody guiding you along in doing the work of healing. I, I What a blessing that we have like this, being able to talk and not have to drive and find someone in your town, small town, big city, whatever it is, and finding just the right person. So I've been on your website and preparing and looking through that list. So a great new venture um, that you've created there. Um, yeah. So um, what about when someone needs that next step? So explain to us the difference between um, the medication, a psychologist versus a psychiatrist or mm -hmm. a counselor, because I think part of the the misunderstanding for people is there are so many people to see. Where do I, I start? Know. I know. So, so to break it down and make it simple, a licensed counselor or a licensed psychologist are the two caregivers that will help you with counseling. Like, let's talk through this. Let's deal with your trauma. Let's help you understand your nervous system response. All of those type of things. And um, when it comes to medication, you need somebody who's been to medical school. And so an MD is somebody who is equipped to give you medication. And so whether that be a, your primary doctor, most of them are equipped to do basic things. Um, depression and anxiety meds are so common that most mm -hmm. primary care doctors are very comfortable prescribing them. If your diagnosis is a little more complex or your depression and anxiety are a little bit more complex, they might refer you to a different kind of medical doctor, which is a psychiatrist. A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. They've been to medical school, but their focus is medication and medication management. Whereas a counselor or a psychologist on the other side, their focus is the counseling piece. And often those two can really work together hand in hand. So when you start working with a counselor and the counselor says, oh, there might be a need for medication here, they'll say to you, hey, 
you want to go visit your medical doctor and talk through medication options. So those two pieces are handled by two different um, caregivers, two different providers, but they can often really work hand in hand. It sounds to me, and tell me if I'm correct, a good place to start is with a counselor who can then tell you yes. a good idea to talk with. Because I, I find that a lot of people think I have to go find a psychiatrist. Right. I, and then that's, they're not getting the therapy that they need in talking and, and the counseling. But you know, if you go straight to your primary care and get medication without the counseling, right. then we're back where we started a few minutes ago of just taking a medication and not talking through. Yeah, I agree. And I think a counselor can help you assess the level of severity. Do you even need medication in this time? Mm. Or are there other options we can try first? Let's Mm. see what we can do first. Let's analyze your activity level, your nutrition level, your trauma history. Like, let's see if there are things we can do to alleviate your depression within a few weeks. And then we can decide after that if medication will be something that's crucial or not. Yeah. Can we talk about um, an- another issue that maybe it's a buzzword, I hear it often, um, of just optimism changing everything. And I think you refer to it, and I sometimes hear it as toxic optimism. Of If I'm just happy, if I just look at things in a different way, if I'm just more grateful, like all of those things can be helpful. But is there a level that is not healthy? Well, I think the big problem here is that Christians specifically like to do away with negative emotions. And I want to put negative emotions in quotes because we have this belief. I don't know exactly where it comes from, probably from misinterpretation of scripture, where we think we always have to have joy. We always have to be content. We always have to be happy to mean that we can never have struggles. Um, and, and that's such a misinterpretation of God's word. So we put some emotions in the bad camp and other emotions in the good camp. And when we have those bad emotions, it's like, okay, how do I get rid of these as fast as possible? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let me pray. Let me just ignore this emotion. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually stressed. I am just, you know, a little bit um, burdened by the trials in my life. Like we, where should we try so hard to make positive rather than pay attention. So these emotions are not bad. They're God-given signals for us to pay attention to. God wants us to pay attention to something. And that's why he's given us these signals. I mean, even Jesus had a host of signals that he didn't try to do away. He felt sorrow. He felt sadness. He felt overwhelmed. He felt exhaustion. He felt weary. And, and, and what did he do with those emotions? He paid attention to them and he responded to those emotions. So where we start moving into unhealthy territory is when we instantly want to cover those emotions with whatever we can. And we can spiritualize it by covering them up with spiritual things. Like I, instead of feeling this feeling so that I can respond to it in a healthy way, I just want it to go away. So I'm going to think about this instead and do this instead Mm -hmm. and practice this instead. When really we can honor God with that negative emotion that we're feeling. Lord, I'm struggling. I feel lament. I feel grief. 
I feel sadness. I feel sorrow. Help me in this emotion. What do you want me to pay attention to? What do you want me to do differently? What do you need for me to heal? Why are you bringing this to my attention, Lord? This anxiety. Is there something in my life that I need to heal? Is there something from my past that's causing me to feel anxious and you need me to go back and deal with that so that my false alarms aren't going off left and right? Mm. Emotions are a signal. And instead of just being optimistic, the real answer to healing is to pay attention and respond to, to what God is revealing to us through our emotions. Because it's not the emotion that's bad or good. It's how we respond to the emotion that leads us to healthy or it leads us down a path of unhealthy. Yeah, that's so important. And I, I find for me and others that it's being able to be still long enough to feel. Yeah. And, you know, I thrive coming from a news background in busy right. and last minute and get it done, make lists. You know, all of this is almost what we see in our culture of stay busy always just, and that helps us ignore. Right. Um, and so being still long enough to feel those emotions and to hear God's voice. Yeah, it's so important. I have a book called Reset, and it's about 31 emotional health practices. And the very first one, mm. after I like pump you up in the introduction, I'm like, let's get ready to heal. The very first practice is pause. <laughs> and it kind of throws people off. It's like, okay, I'm ready to go. And the first thing you want me to do is to stop. Like, <laughs> how does that, that that's so counter cultural. When we're ready to go, we go. But you cannot go far and fast without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, what I think I need to work on might be very different than what God thinks I need to work on. Mm. So I just need to make sure I'm in alignment first before I enter the process of healing. Yeah, that's that's so good. I love that. What I need to work on might be really different from what God wants me to work on. Yeah. Okay, so much goodness in all of this. I just appreciate you so much. You mentioned a couple of your books. I'm going to put links for your books in the show notes, but give people information. I know those who might be looking for your counseling network or any of your information, tell them where to go to get that. Yeah. Thank God for $15 resources that can change lives. Like we live in a world where we have access to things that our grandparents never had access to and we have access to it at our fingertips. Um, and, it, and maybe it is an investment of $15 for a book or a little bit more for a counseling session, but the investment is worth it. The healing is worth it. So if you're at that point where you're like, okay, I'm ready for that next step. Um, DebraFileta.com, D-E-B-R-A-F-I-L-E-T-A.com. You'll find the podcast, you'll find the books, you'll find the counselors network, um, basically all the resources you need to start taking those next steps into healing. And of course, I love connecting with people on Instagram. So that's always a great place to connect as well. Super. Deborah, thanks so much for your time. It's been an honor. Thank you for joining the Natalie Tisdall podcast. You can follow along on Instagram and at natalietisdall.com. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave a review so I can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.